something sexy. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. I'm your host, Cat Wonders, and this is episode 72. Can you guess what I am? <laughs> I am absolutely the devil on the inside and the outside. Uh, it's funny because uh, typically I'd wear something red, but actually this little um, horn set came from Shein. It came with this bodysuit, a gold bodysuit. Actually, I've got like little things I could wear on my hands too. Anyway, it's hot enough as it is. And these wings are awesome. They're from Doll's Kill. They're actually uh, part of their tricks and treats brand. Um, I think tricks and treats. Anyway, it's like they have they have their own line of Halloween costumes and accessories. And this was one of the accessories. So I figured I'm kind of like the devil, but maybe does the devil have wings? I don't have a pitchfork. But anyway, so um, a demon devil, you know, maybe just like a she devil type, I don't know, a classier version. <laughs> uh, you all know that I am definitely not classy. I, my fake eyelashes, you guys, oh my God, they have like weird hokey parts to them. So if I start going like this randomly, that's why. All right, so it is the 17th. I believe that's when this is going up. Let me just double check. Sorry, the 14th, 17th is a Monday, 14th of October. And here we are enjoying another podcast, the 72nd podcast. I today am going to be creating a cocktail, um, including champagne, absinthe, a little bit of glitter and a little bit of green. And I'm not really going to like use a cocktail shaker. I was going to, but if you put champagne in it, it's going to just not work. <laughs> so I'm going to pour it, the absinthe into a glass, a little bit of absinthe and add a little bit of shimmer powder and stir it up with what frick? Have a hair somewhere. It's one of my like eyelashes. <laughs> um, how are we going to do it? We'll figure it out. And I just got to find this hair. Oh, I got it. Do you ever find a hair and then just rip it out? I do. <laughs> um, also, I got some hair extensions in some colorful, fiery colored hair extensions that work really well. Um, okay, so there is a name for this. I think it's like death in the afternoon is the name of it. I believe I've made this before. Um, <laughs> this bottle of absinthe is kindly, was kindly gifted to me, uh, by Absinthe Quebec and it's a French absinthery and uh, they sent me this as well as another bottle, but not of absinthe of something else I can't remember. So this was a gift to me. As you can see, I've not really delved into it too much because it is 53% alcohol. <laughs> so this is death, um, death in the afternoon. <laughs> um, I am excited about this because I don't know, I don't really make many cocktails with absinthe and I mean, I don't know why I don't. It's definitely a black licorice scented or flavored, total black licorice. Like I'm Dutch and salted black licorice is something I grew up with. So black licorice is something that I really enjoy, believe it or not. Um, and I'm just trying to think, I'm trying to like figure out how I'm going to mix this powder in the cocktail. I need something. I thought that I had a little accessory, but I don't. What the heck? <laughs> okay, well, anyway, let's just try. I'm gonna go like this. Add a little bit of the shimmer powder. This is Edible Shimmer Super Pearl. I got these on Amazon and um, they're pretty cool. I wonder if the alcohol will mix, will kind of like really mix it up in there. You know what I mean? Like rather than water or something else. Wow. Okay, so we're getting pissed on this podcast. I think it pretty much worked. I don't think I need to stir it around at all. Check it out. Can you see? Can you see the glory? Not sure what you can pick up on camera. Now I'm gonna add the bubbles, which will really officially Mix up whatever's left on the bottom. 
Actually, let's add a little bit of green food coloring. I think one drip. <laughs> Me just trying to. Okay, two drops. Okay, I'm relying on the champagne bubbles to mix the green in as well as the rest of the shimmer powder that's resting on the bottom. Um, this is a brand new bottle of champagne. Ah, and it's not a classic corker. It's one of these weird plastic peelers, which is hard with my, owie, with my nails. Oh my God, you guys, I just found the perfect garnish for my drink. I'll show you in a second. I don't know how it's gonna stick on, but anyway. Come on! I don't wanna have to use my teeth. Oh, there we go. And if I did, there'd be red lipstick everywhere. Aren't you glad my microphone isn't attached to my table anymore? <laughs> God. And then apparently you just Didn't waste a drip. So this is a yellowtail sparkling rosé wine. And not very sweet, which is good. This is such a boozy cocktail, you guys. I don't know. Oh my God, look at it. Isn't it beautiful? I love shimmer and the bubbles, the action of the bubbles is making it like, like a cauldron. I want to see if you can see this. Tilt it as much as I can. What a great idea for a Halloween cocktail, especially because the shimmer is so much more beautiful when there's movement and this is perfection. Um, also I got a little accessory. My pal, Spidey. But how are you gonna stick? I don't know. You know, I'd like you just to sit right there. Maybe you can just pinch the edge of the glass with your pincers. There we go. <laughs> Death in the afternoon and um, let's hope this tastes as good as it looks. Oh, oh, too much absinthe. <laughs> uh, mm, okay, well, let me just have one more sip. Oh my God, you guys, I'm lit already. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of gross. But I'm still gonna drink it. <laughs> Slowly. Slowly but surely wins the race. But by the end, I'm gonna be the tortoise <laughs> because this is strong. I did put maybe way too much absinthe in. That's the problem. I didn't listen to the recipe. Um, I never really do. I shouldn't say I never listen to recipes. When I'm baking, I absolutely do because you have to. Um, but if I'm cooking something and I'm kind of like, I like a bit more garlic. For me, I like when I'm cooking, something involving garlic, I'm adding 10 times the amount of garlic that it requires um, and using butter instead of oil, depending on what I'm making. But <sighs> here we are getting lit in the afternoon. And uh, this is really, can you guys see it moving like from where you're at? Hmm. Anyway, okay, so my week. Nothing's really changed from the last podcast um, because I filmed it yesterday. <laughs> I filmed episode 71 yesterday. I've been uh, prepping for <clears throat> a much anticipated trip and I'm so, so excited. So I've had to pre-film, uh, which means pretty much getting into hair and makeup every day for like eight days in a row. Uh, I've got a couple more days to go <laughs> because my Halloween special is approaching and today being the 14th uh it starts tomorrow 
Oh my goodness. So tomorrow, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got my cat's Halloween special and I'm super, super excited. I am featuring 15 or more extremely sexy Halloween costumes. And the way that it works is if you sign up on Patreon, you pay one fee for all the videos, or you can go buy them on OnlyFans individually. So it's kind of, it's a bit cheaper to go on Patreon, um, but it's up to you, kind of like whichever platform you are more comfortable with. And uh, every day from the 15th to the 31st, you wake up to a brand new Halloween costume try-on and striptease. So I kind of start out in character. I'd like to get into character, especially when it comes to schoolgirl costumes or French maid costumes or devil costumes. Um, this won't be one costume, by the way. I'm not giving you any spoilers. Um, and stripteasing down to something a little naughty, you know? Um, I've got my pole here and I'm also going to have a chair at this time. So I'm going to have a lot of different positions and fun things. And there's going to be stilettos, boots, stockings, the whole shebang. So typically in my, um, in my YouTube try on videos or like bikini videos, I never wear heels. I have done a couple heel like try on videos. I've got nine or 10 uh, brand new heels in boxes. I'm going to be doing a massive high heel try on on YouTube. Um, but basically these videos will include all of the above and different accessories, a little bit of BDSM, S&M, and it's going to be so much fun. So uh, there'll be more information. There is more information on my Patreon page uh, as well as probably on Instagram by now. Um, and most of my other platforms, so there won't be any confusion as to what you need to do to participate in Cat's Halloween special. So it comes up once a year. And just saying, um, it's a ton of fun and just a fun way to spend October. So that being said, uh, yeah, my week, nothing new to report besides just filming and getting into character. Because I'll tell you what, there's nothing worse than wearing a Halloween costume and you don't really get into character. I like to, you know, get a little down and dirty, if you know what I mean, <laughs> depending on what I am. If I'm an angel, getting up and clean. Anyway, uh, another sip of this. I can actually feel this already. So this is going to be crazy. How do I? Okay, I, I think. Oh, I know what I can use. I'm going to use this piece of plastic to stir my drink. <laughs> so pathetic. Yes, I'm an aesthetic queen. I love if I can make something more aesthetic. Um, that is part of who I am and will always do that. And this is really magical to me. You know, I called my local grocery store to see if they had dry ice, which they don't. So I'm thinking, do I order it online? Can they ship it? I'd love to do a cocktail with dry ice just to give it that like bubbling cauldron vibe. You know, dry ice is definitely Halloween. And um, I don't know, like I've heard horror stories about who I don't know. Just don't rob me. Anyway, <laughs> um, about like how dry eyes can really burn you. And I think my dad, uh, when, when he was a kid, had like held onto dry ice and burned his hand or something. So I just had it like drilled into me that dry ice is kind of dangerous. And, and then I was like, what if it's like, if it's in a cocktail, because I've had certain desserts and cocktails served to me in different restaurants with dry ice in them. And it's like, it gives such an effect. But I'm like, what if I were to like put it in my mouth? Would it burn me? I don't know, enough about it. So let me know in the comments down below if you have some dry ice answers, because I don't really know. But if it's served to the public without warning, it's not like, like okay, it's got a thing of dry ice in it, just don't put it in your mouth, wait for it to go away. Like I've never had that happen, so we'll see. It's really growing on me. You know what? I'd love to throw a Halloween party. Are you a party thrower? Do you have the guts to throw parties? And if you do, do you invite a lot of people or just a couple? I love going to parties. I love being invited to parties. I love dressing up and figuring outfits and figuring out what kind of gift I'm gonna bring. And I put a lot of effort in as a guest and it's not always returned <laughs> um, as a party thrower. And I don't, I don't know, I guess 
I'm kind of particular about the organization of my home <laughs> and I can let go when people are like throwing pillows on the ground so they can sit and they can, you know what I mean? Like messing my house up. Um, and you know, it's funny last year I was going to throw a, like my first Christmas party in my new house and uh, I had everything ready. I had, um, like a local baker in town that was making cupcakes, like themed cupcakes and, um, the florist that was going to be doing like special kind of Christmas flowers and and then lots of dinner like appetizers planned and stuff it was a potluck type thing but still I like to have like the basics spinach dip deviled eggs and I think I was gonna do like a, a bean salad which I love anyway and <laughs> the power went out Okay, so the, the power was out because of some sort of meddling, like there was there was like foul play involved. Power company put out a message that it was going to take quite a while to replace the parts that were damaged. And so I think the power went out on a Thursday. I was throwing the party on the Saturday night. And so it went out Thursday night, was out all day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday was back on Monday. So <laughs> I had to cancel the party because of course, without power, um, nobody can flush the toilets. Nobody can, you know, like it just doesn't work, um, unfortunately. So, but I still have all the stuff. Like I obviously the, <laughs> the cupcakes were never made. And so that was fine, but I was a little devastated because I was prepped, I was ready. And uh, this year uh, I'm thinking about throwing it again. And obviously the power won't go out, I'm assuming. That would be really random and a bit ironic, but uh, yes. But Halloween, a Halloween party would be so fun. I just wonder if it's like too late to plan a Halloween party. What does it really take? You just get a bunch of people over and, and they'll be in costumes. It's, it is a lot to like host a party and make sure that everybody's comfortable and there's enough of this and that. And I do have a really wicked karaoke machine, which would be super fun. And then I think the more people that are in character, also on top of that, like having a few beverages would be way more inclined to grab the microphone because then they can act goofy because they're not themselves or playing somebody else already. So I might think about it. Halloween party, definitely Christmas party. Do you guys want to come? <laughs> It's definitely like a Halloween cocktail. It's very intense, a little bit yucky, but it's super boozy. So it's kind of like, well, I could just sacrifice my taste buds a little bit just to kind of like get a really good absinthe warmth. <laughs> anyway, okay. So uh, one thing I wanted to bring up because, um, and it's kind of like something I've talked about before. One of you, at least, I'm sure that are watching this right now or listening to this uh, is affected by and you don't even know it. OK, so this is called mold illness. Now, the only reason why I bring this up is because I have a friend who for years was suffering from different symptoms uh, and also uh, their kids were suffering as well from chronic nosebleeds lung issues, uh, and then some milder kind of symptoms, but just never in a million years imagined that it was caused by mysterious, uh, invisible mold in their house, in their walls. So, and they weren't even living in like a really old house. They were living in like a home that's maybe built in the eighties and, um, you know, it wasn't any, anywhere that would look like there was mold issues. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is because if they would have known that there was mold in their home um, a long time ago, like enough time beforehand to have prevented it, then they probably would have moved or done something about it. Um, but they didn't know and they suffered for quite some time. Um, and in fact, only two of them, actually, no, that's not, there's three. It was husband, wife, and then there are three kids. Their boy was suffering from um, nosebleeds, and then had different puffers for lung problems he was having. And then also, um, I think one of the other kids had the odd nosebleed too. But uh, the wife and the daughter were not affected by the mold. Like they, it wasn't, there was nothing really wrong with them. And which is also interesting because um, mold illness does not affect everybody. So uh, if for some reason you are kind of undiagnosed and you have these chronic problems, um, then you might want to consider that 
you could be breathing in this toxin mold. Um, and I just thought I'd bring light to it because these poor people and many more, like I don't think, <laughs> like I think for me, there I might've lived in a home because I moved tons of times as a kid. And, um, you know, older homes, we didn't have a lot of money, couldn't afford like brand new places. So we were just renting or living here or there and probably definitely some mold issues. Um, so this is called, mold illness is also called CIRS, which is a CIRS stands for, sorry, with all these lights, I can't see my... <laughs> um, CIRS is chronic inflammatory response syndrome. Now, I'm not sure, I, I'm not a doctor. I don't have a ton of knowledge about this topic. I just, like I said, my good friend um, was affected by it and had no idea that it was even going on. So I thought I'm going to talk about this on my podcast because this is like serious. And the more reading I do about it, the more I'm like, holy crap. First, let's talk about symptoms. And it says here, uh, it's important to remember that mold illness is indeed an illness and not an allergy. Okay, so if you're like, oh, I'm not allergic to mold, it's not going to affect me. That has nothing to do with it. Okay. Um, there is a long list of symptoms that may arise with this illness. More obvious symptoms of mold exposure, including things like respiratory issues, sneezing, nasal damage, nosebleeds, uh, and skin issues. <clears throat> Long-term exposure to water-damaged buildings and mold are associated with more severe symptoms such as memory and uh, concentration issues. For a more complete list of CRS symptoms, see the chart below. So I'm just going to read off these symptoms. And if you're somebody who has some of these symptoms and you go to the doctor and they can't find anything wrong with you, they're just like, now it could be this, could be that. Maybe they're prescribing you things that you don't actually need. I won't even get into that side of things because that is a whole podcast on its own. And I have to be very careful <laughs> with the things that I say on YouTube uh, and just in general, because I'm not a um, certified professional and also don't want to be giving out any false information. But um, of course, do your own research. Uh, I'm going to attach this website to... Uh, what is my pen? I will. Oh, here. I'm just going to write it down. Otherwise. <clears throat> um, so you can check it out yourself and sort of like decide if this is something that you need to look further into. Uh, so some of the symptoms of CIRS mold illness are so physical symptoms, uh, fatigue and weakness, vertigo, aches, muscle cramps, metallic taste, tremors, ice pick pain, headache, light sensitivity, red eyes, blurred vision, tearing, sinus problems, cough, abdominal pain, diarrhea, joint pain, morning stiffness, <laughs> skin sensitivity, appetite swings, sweats, especially night sweats, temperature regulation issues, excessive thirst, increased urination, static shocks. Static shocks, I don't know what the hell that means, static shocks. Like to me, static shock is when you like are running around with shoes on on the carpet and you touch something metal and you get like electrocuted. Numbness, tingling, shortness of breath and cognitive, the cognitive and emotional symptoms are memory issues, focus concentration issues, word recollection issues. I think that's just genetic for me though, because I'm the same as my dad that way. <laughs> Decreased learning of new knowledge, confusion, disorientation, mood swings, anxiety, and depression. So some of the symptoms that my friends, my friend and his family experienced were chronic nosebleeds, um, lung issues, definitely some depression, uh, fatigue, and you know, for sure the kids may be having some problems at school when it comes to like the cognitive type issues. So if you're kind of in a position where you're just chronically, something's not right with you and you you know you know how you feel when you feel good, right? Unless maybe you've lived in a place with mold for a very long time. If it's possible that you are living in an environment like an older house or a home, even a new home that has had a leak, has had flooding um, and has not been properly taken care of, you could be pretty much poisoning yourself. And what are you supposed to do about it is the question. So I don't have all the answers. 
Um, but let me just read this part to you too. Uh, why is CIRS often misdiagnosed? Many times patients present with so many bizarre symptoms that uh, practitioners or even family members believe it's all in their head. Other times, practitioners misdiagnosed mold. In other times, practitioners misdiagnose mold illness. In a 2013 study of 112 patients with chronic fatigue syndrome, 104, 93%, tested positive for at least one my mycotoxin. Uh, when compared to healthy control subjects, researchers found that in, that the mycotoxin levels were significantly elevated in the patients with chronic fatigue syndrome. When looking for a root cause in complex patient cases, it's very important to consider mold. Why have we never heard of this? Okay, this is insane. 112 people with chronic fatigue syndrome 104, there were mycotoxin, microtoxins. I want to say microtoxins, but mycotoxins. 93% of them, okay? If you think that you're somebody, oh yeah, no, I, maybe you're renting a place, okay? Maybe you've lived there for a long time. You don't know or see what's going on behind the walls. You don't know if there is a, a leak in your in your roof that has been creating a mold issue that you can't see. The thing is, it's 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 an invisible thing. So sure, sometimes you can see the mold coming through the drywall or you see it here or there, but you know, like you can't see it most of the time. And how do you even know? How do you even diagnose? Like, how do you know, right? So. There are tests that can be done to test for mold in your system, mycotoxins. Um, and if you think that, like I said, you, there's no way you could be affected, even if you're in an apartment building and the ducting has an area where there's a leak and it's blowing air through it, like it's just something to consider, okay? Let me just read what CIRS is often misdiagnosed as. So it says, like the patients with chronic fatigue syndrome, patients are often given various diagnoses that are either incorrect, or if they are correct, they often improve once they are treated for mold. These diagnoses include fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, multiple sclerosis, depression, stress, allergies, post-traumatic stress disorder, somatization, somatization, I'm not sure what that is, irritable bowel syndrome, and attention deficit disorder, ADD, okay? Now, this is crazy to me because there are so many of us and so many people that know that they've been, like, they, they have ADD. Now, some people genuinely have it and that's something that they have, um, or there could be some external components that are contributing to this kind of fog, brain fog, or however you want to describe it. Recently, there has been some uh, concrete evidence for neurological difficulties associated with mold illness. In a 2014 study, 17 payment patients who presented with CIRS showed structural brain abnormalities when compared to a medical control group. These abnormalities included atrophy of the caudate nucleus and enlargement of the pallidium. They also included enlargement of the left amygdala and right forebrain. There is also research to support the inflammatory cytokine response that mold and mycotoxins induce. Uh, these inflammatory cytokines are also present in neurological conditions such as major depression, which is more reasons to test for mold as one of the root causes of neurological issues. Um, so anyway, the scary thing is, is what are you supposed to do about it? So say the home that you lived in or you've lived in for a long time, maybe it's your parents' home, maybe it's your childhood home, maybe it's just, you just don't have the option to move, okay? Um, I'm not sure exactly what can be done. So for example, like, of course, moving to a different location would be ideal, right? Get out of there as soon as possible. And maybe you travel sometimes and you're, you're away for a week and not only is the vacation helpful, but you just feel so much better. That could also be an indication that your home could be a bit of a cause for these symptoms that you're having. So I just think it's, it's a sad thing to think about, okay, your home itself being responsible for making you feel terrible. Um, and what do you do about it? That would have to kind of be up to you. Uh, some places, may maybe you have an investigation, maybe they can test, like I'm not sure if they have devices that can test the amount of mold spores in the air. I'm sure that there's probably something like that. Um, 
or you know going to get tested for certain types of toxins or molds in your system so you can go to probably like an independent clinic so you're going to have to go to um you know some place that offers this because i don't think that you can go to your doctor right now and say hey i've heard about this mold disease and or mold illness and i think i might have it so I don't know if your general practitioner, your doctor will know about it or support you, or they might just say, ah, oh, hell, like, uh, and prescribe that they're probably more inclined to prescribe you something. And but like I said, I won't get into that, but, uh, do your research, go get tested. And if it's true, then you have to find the source of the problem and, uh, and do something about it because it's your life. Okay, and you might be spending thousands of dollars a month on medications you don't even need to be on. Now, listen, do your own research. Like I said, I'm, I've attached this website um, in the description box down below. So if you're listening to this podcast, then go to my YouTube channel, find episode 72 and uh, follow the link. You can also look this up as well. It seems to be like it's kind of mildly known, right? It's not necessarily something that doctors are trained to ask. Okay, you know, um, because if you change, if you cure the mold in your home and uh, fix the problem and then you don't have symptoms anymore, well, the doctor can't prescribe you things anymore. So maybe it's kind of like it's known, but it's not really brought up. But I don't want to believe that. I think that that is like terrible and I want to have more faith in humanity than that. But the reality is, is that I'm probably not wrong. So anyway, what do I know? I'm not a doctor. I just want to help people. And if you happen to be, to fall under this category, it's a possibility that this could be the issue. Um, and of course not. Anyway, let me know your thoughts down below in the description box. Have any of you ever been diagnosed with mold illness? Um, do you know people that potentially could be going through this issue? What are the solutions? Does insurance cover this in different areas? That kind of thing. Because for me, I'm just curious about it. And um, I live in a brand new home and don't suffer from these issues. But I know a lot of people that live in older homes. And yeah, it could definitely be the root of their issues. So something to keep in mind. <laughs> we got a little serious there, but hey. <laughs> um, let's see here. I know I haven't done a cat fact segment for a while. But because this is... Halloween baby, spooky season. I'm gonna read some spooky facts or some <laughs> some interesting facts um, about Halloween. So this is 19 spooky Halloween facts I bet you didn't know. All right, here we go. More Irish than St. Paddy's. Ireland is typically believed to be the birthplace of Halloween. Unlike St. Patrick's Day, Hallow's Eve is dated back to Ireland and the Celts. Uh, Festival for the Dead aka leave treats for hungry spirits. Halloween comes from a Celtic festival uh, for the dead called Samhain. Uh, how would the Irish say it? Celtic festival for the dead called Samhain. Samhain! <laughs> I don't know. Irish, Irish Celts believed the ghosts of the dead would roam the earth on this day, so people would dress up and leave treats out on their front doors. Out on their front doors, yes. Uh, for the roaming spirits just in case they wanted a snack. So that's where giving out candies came from. Uh, the largest pumpkin ever measured was grown by Norm Craven, who broke the world record in 1993 at 836 pounds. That seriously is the size of a walrus. Are you sure that Norm wasn't injecting this pumpkin with liquid <laughs> to make it heavier? Um, okay, this next one, old as dirt. Halloween is thought to have originated around 4,000 BC, which means it has been around for over 600 years. Sorry, 6,000 years. <laughs> God, I screwed that one up. You say witch like it's a bad thing. The word witch comes from the Old English weiss, which means wise woman. In fact, Wiccan were highly respected people at one time. According to popular belief, witches held an important meeting on Halloween night. According to tradition, if a person wears his or her clothes inside out and then walks backwards on Halloween, he or she will see a witch at midnight. Halloween Town. Salem, Massachusetts is the self-proclaimed Halloween capital of the world. Hmm. Did you know that people used to dance for treats on Halloween? Trick-or-treaters in medieval times would go door-to-door -door asking for treats and in return would dance, sing, or pray. Bonefires. 
During the Halloween celebration, bone fires were lit to ensure the sun would return after the long winter. Oh, bonfires. Okay, the, <laughs> the title says bone fires, B-O-N-E. And then during, the, then it says in the paragraph, um, okay, during the Halloween celebrations, uh, bonfires were lit to ensure the sun would return after the long winter. Often, druid priests would often throw often druid priests would often throw the bones of cattle into flames and hence bone fire became bonfire there you go uh dressing up wasn't about being sexy or scary what <laughs> it was for disguise <laughs> dressing up as ghouls and other spooks originated from the ancient celtic tradition of townspeople disguising themselves as demons and spirits they believed that disguising themselves this way would allow them to escape the notice of of the real spirits wandering the streets during Samhain. During Samhain! <laughs> no teen spirit. In 2010, Belleville, Illinois, became the latest city to ban trick-or-treating for kids over 12. Teens can face fines from $100 to $1,000 for going door-to-door. -door. Lame, it says. That is lame. I trick-or-treated till I was 16, okay? And nobody tried to stop me. And I still got candy, lots of it, okay? Not so pumpkin-y. Jack-o'-lanterns were once made out of turnips, beets, and potatoes, not pumpkins. Um, yeah, jack-o'-lanterns. How did this come about? Where do carving pumpkins come from? Come from? <laughs> According to Irish legend, jack-o'-lanterns are named after a stingy man named Jack Who, because he tricked the devil several times, was forbidden entrance into both heaven and hell, and he was condemned to wander the earth waving his lantern to lead people away from their paths. Okay. Uh, Halloween fear is real. Not for me. <laughs> uh, Samhainophobia is the fear of Halloween. This fear can also present its... This fear can also present its in these other types of phobias like phasmophobia, which is the fear of ghosts. I don't know who wrote this, okay? <laughs> Uh, Wiccophobia, the fear of witchcraft, and the fear of darkness is hyctophobia. What's the fear of absinthe? <laughs> I gotta read. This is exactly how it's written, okay? This is not me. Black cats get a bad rap during this time of year because they were once believed to be protected their master's dark powers. Okay, so it's so a child. A child put this website together. That's fine. I believe it. Kids are smart these days. <laughs> the black cats. Black cats have become so associated with witchcraft powers that animal shelters have taken steps to protect these felines by not allowing them to be adopted on or around this time of year. It's probably smart. Okay, I'm going to read one more. There's only two more, so let's just read them both, actually. Fake or real? Uh, it isn't out of the norm to see some crazy good decorations for Halloween, especially when it comes to blood and gore. But there have been a few accounts of people actually seeing dead bodies. This exact thing happened to a postman when he saw a really realistic looking dummy dead on the ground. He later found out that it was an actual body. Oh, so, okay, interesting. Um, this reminds me of something else I wanted to talk about, but let's just read the last one. Sweet Tooth. Did you know that Americans buy 600 million pounds of candy on Halloween? Want to know more interesting facts about Halloween candy? No. Okay, so that, I believe that. Um, so this postman thought that he saw what was the dummy on the sidewalk because it's Halloween. So, of course, he doesn't think it's a real body, but it was. Interesting. Um, how hard would it be to, like, trick somebody by putting a very realistic dead body, like a, like a, decomposing body just off the trail in a forest and like what would people's reactions be because i would never imagine that somebody placed it there and that it's good like good makeup because what do you, if you've never found a dead body before you've never seen one you're not going to know the difference you're not going to go up to it and start sniffing it and like poking it to see if it's real like you're going to assume it's real um but i just thought about that i was like what would, ha like, has anybody ever done an experiment like that on hidden cameras to see what people do? I'm sure everybody just has their phone and they call the police right away. So it'd be kind of a annoying thing to do <laughs> for the cops. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, that concludes Cat Facts. So my family visited recently and uh, had a really great time and 
it was two of my aunts and two of my uncles came up and it was just great. And I made dinner for them. We had traditional kind of meatballs. I made them kind of Dutch style. <laughs> and um, I learned something very disturbing and interesting um, that I thought I would share with you. So we were talking about, so my aunt has a teacup Yorkie. And I believe that's what he is. I'm not sure if there's any other mix in there, but um, I was recalling a story that my, uh, my cousin told me because my cousin was looking after my aunt's dog when my aunt and uncle went away on a trip somewhere. So my little cousin had to look after Brody, this little brand new, tiny little teacup Yorkie. But there were, it was actually kind of a nightmare because he was so particular about what he would eat. And suddenly he kind of started acting funny and it, like my cousin was like, oh my God, he's dying. So she, my cousin had the number to the breeder that sold Brody to my aunt. She calls the breeder and says, oh my God, what do I do? He's not like getting up, he won't walk. And she goes, oh, okay. So it's his blood sugar's really low. Um, so he needs sugar, like now, get him some sugar. But my my cousin had no sugar in the house, they, like only stevia and fake sugar. So she had to run to the corner store to get sugar or whatever she wound up getting, come back, give it to Brody. And she had to do this like numerous times with him. So he was on the, on the brink of death, like, and he's a brand new puppy, okay? So this is like something that's really stressful because you, and they're, they're teacups, they're tiny, they're just, they're, you know, they're kind of shake. And anyway, so she wound up, she kept him alive for the time that my aunt was gone. Um, and I brought this story up when they were visiting as I was making dinner. And um, my aunt told me something that was really interesting. She said, you know, what's crazy is Brody was actually eight months old when I got him. And I was like, oh my God, because I remember seeing photos of him being so tiny and just adorable and just, you know, this t little cute, tiny little thing, but eight months old. And I thought that's not really that, but maybe they just grow slower or whatever. She said, no, um, certain breeders will actually starve their puppies so that they stay small and more desirable to sell, like more desirable for people that are looking to buy puppies, especially teacup puppies. So I thought, this blew my mind. I was thinking to myself, it actually does make so much sense that this is happening. And because I've talked about this before, about breeders that will take photos of the puppies and put them on the internet or using filters to take photos of the puppies that make their eyes look bigger and their nose look smaller. And then you get to the breeder to pick up your dog that you've seen lots of photos of, and it's not the same dog. Like it doesn't look the same. And so there's all sorts of weird stuff that's going on uh, nowadays with, I shouldn't say nowadays, like the whole filter thing is probably a newer thing, but the starvation thing is really super sad. And it made sense that like my cousin had such a hard time keeping this poor thing alive because he was so fresh from the breeder that, you know, he probably was just like, was had had I don't know he had food in front of him he just wouldn't eat it like he had soft food hard food you know everything that he needed but he just was so I think emaciated that he wound up not just wanting anything and just was gonna die the poor little guy so make sure <laughs> that if you're ever buying a dog from a breeder um, specifically a teacup breed that they're healthy right and the thing is, you know, I'm sure it's happening everywhere where they just underfeed and under, you know, they keep the puppies small, you know, especially as they get older and because they're not sellable if they're this big compared to the ones that are this big, you know, it's sad, but it's true. So something to think about. And I just had never, ever, ever heard that before. I never thought of that even at all. Yeah, sad, but it's definitely, definitely happens. Another thing I wanted to ask is with all the Halloween candy that's coming out and just candy in general or just things in general, <laughs> I have fairy wings too, where I'm just like, I wish I could have like pull a string and make them flap. Um, anyway, so artificial flavors. And I was thinking to myself, artificial flavors, it's interesting. How are they made? Because I believe that there are some artificial flavors that go into candies and things that have no actual real ingredients whatsoever. It's all chemicals that trick your tongue into tasting this or that. 
And it just blows my mind that, like, for example, a banana candy, you know, like those banana candies. First of all, if you've tasted a real banana and a banana candy, like there's really, <laughs> they don't taste a lot alike. Maybe a super ripe banana will have like notes of it. But is there any like banana extract, like anything from a real banana whatsoever in those candies? Is there, you know? You're trying to flavor candy that tastes like a raspberry, for example. Do they just mix a bunch of different chemicals that trigger your tongue in the same way that maybe a raspberry would taste? Or like bubblegum flavor. What the hell is bubblegum flavor? You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I don't know, it just blows my mind because I never thought about it. I was like, wait a minute, how do they come up with these flavors? Like, is it just chemicals that mix together and taste like something else? Let me know down below in the, in the comments, like if you have answers for me, because I'm interested. Oh gosh, you guys, I have to be careful. I got to drive after this. I got to go get shit for dinner. I'm going to make dinner. Okay. You know what I'm making for dinner? Duck schnitzel. Yes. So I've got some duck breasts, um, three ducks and so six breasts altogether. And I'm gonna make schnitzel out of the breasts. Um, they were shot by a friend. And it's funny because he just said, make sure you use the metal detector to find shot, <laughs> to find the little like BBs. Because that's one thing I have actually had that happen to me where I've had duck and not from a restaurant, it was at a friend's house. And uh, there was definitely a BB that got between my molars and that was not fun. Uh, no damage, but still it freaking hurt like hell. So I will do that. <laughs> anyway, I want to ask you too, would you rather have average sex every day, great sex once a month? I think both sexes will answer this differently because what constitutes great sex? If the male is climaxing every time, you know, then is it great? Like what makes it great, right? Or for women, I think it's more like great sex is more of a, a rare thing. <laughs> we take, we, we, it takes a lot more to like pleasure us 100%, right? Um, but I think for me, once a month isn't enough. Not enough. No, 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 no. I could deal with like four times a month, incredible mind-blowing sex. Anticipate it. I would build up to it. I would plan it. I would have the room set up or wherever I would have, like, I would have my outfit, my perfume, you know, I would just, it would be an event. Okay. It's kind of like going to, to uh, a much anticipated red carpet party. <laughs> um, so one time a month, no, no. So I would have to say if I had one choice or the other one time a month or average, I would take average sex every day over one time a month. That's just not enough. But I mean, it's kind of like an unrealistic thing. It's, you know, what, would stop it from being great. I don't know. I don't know. What's average sex? <laughs> Teach me. <laughs> so I'm going to close out this episode with something I like to call <laughs> groovy music. Um, I have a habit of saying that with something that I like to call. Let's see here. So I got to find my account. This is my epidemic sound find for the day. Um, let me just find this here. So I love kind of the, let's see here, the more 60s, 70s tunes on Epidemic Sound. And my profile, where is it? Preferences, descriptions. I want to find my place where I, oh, saved. Uh, pod tunes. This is what I chose. So this is a groovy tune. It's called Golden Era by Mary Riddle. I don't think there's any lyrics, but here we go. You know what it reminds me of? Like a haunted mansion Halloween party. And everyone, oh, everyone's dressed up as my glitter comes off in all kinds of crazy costumes. Drinking cocktails like this that make them crazy.
very 60s and almost has a little bit of an Asian flair. Listen. When I heard that initially, I was like, oh, I kind of can see a really old haunted mansion Halloween party happening where people are dressed up like almost like the scene from Star Wars when he goes into the bar, he, uh, the bar scene where um, all the different aliens, like a mixture between humans and aliens, and it's just like happening time. Uh, anyway, that's Golden Era by Mary Riddle. These tunes I get on Epidemic Sound, by the way. If you have any 7060 suggestions and you have an Epidemic Sound account, let me know because I'm always kind of like listening to 15 songs before maybe I find one, maybe more, like maybe 20, 25 songs. Um, but if you kind of get my vibe a little bit and you like the songs that I choose, probably I'll like the songs that you choose. So just let me know in the comments down below if you have any suggestions. Um, thank you all for tuning into episode 72. I hope that you loved it. Um, I'm going to be back next week with another Halloween costume. What's it going to be? You're going to have to wait to find out. Um, so subscribe so you don't miss out. Also, uh, like this video. Excuse me. It really helps out my channel a lot. Um, and I've got a Patreon OnlyFans. And tomorrow, my cat's Halloween special starts. Uh, so you'll be able to find information down below in the description box. Check out my pillar link so you can link to my OnlyFans Patreon. Um, there might even be an actual thing to click on there for information as to where you can participate because Halloween comes but once a year and let's have some fun together and I'm sure you're curious as to what I'm going to be dressing up as this Halloween because there's going to be 15 different me's <laughs> um, and you don't want to miss out. So thank you all so much for listening to this podcast and watching this podcast. Um, if you made it to the end, big hugs and kisses to you. And uh, of course, I'll be back next week with another awesome podcast. <laughs> and uh, I hope you have an amazing weekend and I'll see you all in my next video.